This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we love. If you listen to this pod, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans makes that experience even better. Obviously, catching a game at the house on your own is fine. I've done it for decades, but watching a game in a spot that lets you scream and cheer and just generally lose your shit with other Dub Nation fans is way more fun. COVID took that from us for a while, but the ACO is giving it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, not just the parking spots in front. Their entire side street created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great service, food, and drinks. It's big. It's comfortable. It's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes, the NFL playoffs, or really any other sport with other fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food. I love their space. I love their TVs. I even love that it's pretty family friendly. I can roll here with friends and get too fired up, or I can go with my wife and kid and simply enjoy a game while also having brunch. The Athletic Club is now our go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and we hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. Jordan, Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with you per usual. My boring producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. Uh, present. Gentlemen, I am operating under the well-worn idea that misery loves company. So I just wanted as many people in here to kind of go through that shit burger game last night. So we've got a Patreon studio audience with us. Joining us is both Thomas and Noah. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing good. Doing great. Excellent. I don't mind telling you that I went from being like, kind of upset and rage-filled and pissy to super nervous the second that you join this call. I hate when we have a studio audience. I don't know why, but I, I, I adds like strange old pressure. So if I stop making sense, whatever it is, I want you to laugh even harder. Fake laughs are encouraged on this show. Any support you can give us, I'd appreciate it. You got no it. No worries. Yeah. No worries. It's like this is my this is not my first rodeo with this show. So I, I know I know the greatness of Bram here. Boom. That's see, no, that's exactly what I need. A little shill action, but boys, um, I, I am sure I'm not alone. I'm sure that everyone listening, I know that everybody on this call has a lot of frustration on our chest. We've got some golden questions to go through, but before we get to the golden questions, what I want to do is use an old segment to get some of this frustration the hell out. Yeah. So what we're going back to is what we used to call the glass half full. And that segment, we'd look back at region basketball, give us a sense of something you like, uh, maybe even something that you didn't like. But now, today, after last night, let's change the title. Let's call this the glass half empty for today only, right? Here's why I'm doing. I love this fucking team, gentlemen. I love Golden State. I love them more than I can justify. They are more than a television show for me. I live and die with their losses and their wins. So we all know how much we care about this team. But sometimes it's the people we love who hurt you the worst, right? And that certainly was true last night. So the reason I'm giving the compliments, we all know how we feel about this team. But for this segment, for right now, safe place, 
anything that's frustrating you about the Warriors at large or last night, just get it off your chest, right? This is the time to do it and to give you guys some time to think. I'll go first. Um, Last night wasn't just the worst game in recent memory. I think it's the worst fucking television experience I've had in like 25 years. There was not a single portion of that that I enjoyed. 30 seconds in, I was already furious. And picking out the specifics of what made me furious might be an exercise in insanity. But some things, some things I can put out. One of them was the goddamn turnovers, boys. It felt to me in those first two quarters, the Warriors found a way to make every single kind of turnover. They had fancy turnovers where they tried to force incredible plays that weren't there. They had careless turnovers where they just didn't give a fuck about the ball. They had momentum ending turnovers, although not a lot of those because they didn't have a lot of momentum. They had stupid turnovers where they'd pass the ball to somebody who wasn't paying attention. It's as if they were going for the turnover cycle in the first half. And they also had just a complete lack of fucking urgency. Uh, Before the game, I think I heard a quote from Draymond saying he wanted everyone to quote, bring their hard hat because he knew it was going to be a a in particularly difficult closeout game. Well, shit, boys, from what I can tell, they didn't put a hard hat on. They didn't even show up to the construction zone. It looked like they were playing in a UC Santa Cruz intramural game, not a Western Conference semifinals. And it's the kind of thing that drives me crazy. I still believe in this team and we will talk about why we do. But was last night awful? Yes. Yes, it was. And I'm still kind of suffering through the effects. Um, Marcus, you were occasionally the calm, optimistic dude on this show. Do you have any calm optimism after last night? A few things. A lot to unpack there. One, if this is the most disappointing or frustrating TV experience in the 25 years. What happened 26 years ago? Did the Smurfs get canceled or something? What was so detrimental that it just jumps ahead of this? But um, I think we both know I don't have a memory that goes back. It's a miracle that I even remember what you were talking about right then. I did the 25 years I pulled out of nowhere. I am bearing my soul to you, Marcus. I'm telling you right now that I'm losing my mind and you're giving me math shit about the Smurfs. Go fuck yourself, Marcus. This <laughs> well, is not I the time. I'm looking for optimism, not bullshit. Well, why, why she should be calm and optimistic is because like we called it in before the series started, we all said Warriors in six. If the Warriors would have won yesterday, it would have, uh, would have been Warriors in five. So, um, you know, there's no the way we lost obviously was not ideal. It's embarrassing. Um, they didn't come to play at all. There was a lot that, you know, probably won't be fixed within one game. Like we played three terrible games and one amazing game and, you know, and then just shit the bed in this last one. So. Um, you know, there's a lot to be worried about. We were texting about it, you know, as the game was happening and, you know, it's frustrating. Like Clay to me seems like he forgot how to even give an assist in a basketball game which is problematic. Um, Jordan Poole is like, he's juking people and then he gets past his defender and then he'll do three more jukes and put himself right back in front of his defender, which is like weird to see. It's like, you've already beat him. You don't have to beat him so bad that you get the oohs and ahs in every single play. Um, and then, you know, Draymond just had one of those games inexplicably where he will dribble the ball up the court and just, it'll just hand it over to the other team randomly throughout the game. So, you know, it's frustrating, obviously again, embarrassing, but, to me, 
it was expected that we would lose, not by that much, but, you know, we stole home court in the first game. And then I expected every game to be, you know, home court advantage from there on out. And that gets us Warriors in six. So um, tough spot to be in. We have to bounce back. It, it doesn't bode well when we go up against a bigger team and better team like a Phoenix Suns, which I think will win the next series. But um, I think just how we taught everybody to calm down and don't overreact about trading clay when you had a bad series, this was just a clay game like that, but just everybody played, had a part in it. Maxim, do you agree? Is this something that I think what Draymond said is, look, you learn from it and then you flush it. This means nothing. You know, it's just one of those nights you move on. Is that how you experienced it? Uh, I mean, what can you learn from this? First of all, it was just like so off the deep end. You know, I, I think that uh, there was a, a Reddit user, Texas Investor 86, that pointed out that last year the Bucks dropped a stinker, like down by 36 points, um, and then went on to win the title against Brooklyn. So there is precedent for, um, you know, a game like this to not be the end of a season for a team. But I mean, look, I. Um, yeah, make it a little personal here. My my mom came over to watch the game last night, and uh, we haven't been able to spend a ton of time together recently. But there have been some some pretty intense deaths in our family, um, and you know she's been pretty down. So it was like, hey, mom, like you know, why don't you come over watch a game together? We love watching the Warriors together. And she left after the third quarter. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, look, I mean, you know, it, it's it wasn't just like the worst television experience I've had in 25 years. Um, it was just like the, one of the worst experiences I've had. You know, this was supposed to be sporting events are supposed to, you know, yeah, you get. Fin- and and sometimes things don't go your way but like nonetheless like I was expecting to like have some high fives I was expecting to have some gasps and it's just right from the jump it was it it felt like I uh it was a waste of my time you know hold on for a sec Maxim hold on what happened 26 years ago I think that's what all of us are thinking (laughs) do you know Marcus because we got to get to the bottom of Maxine's television uh mystery here no of course that's right so the last time I spoke about it, uh, watching a game at home, you boys may remember that I likened myself to uh, Rain Man on meth, that I was mumbling, 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 and then like I ran into the back. So last night I'm back at home. We watched the previous game at Chase. This is the first time at home. And I literally, before the game starts, am speaking to no one in particular that, uh, you know, I'm not going to take one this hard. Um, you know, I love this team, but I don't need to throw myself into it. And then as you may know from our Twitter feed, about eight minutes in or more specifically, right when the Warriors are trying to get back into the game, they, they get down big in the beginning, you know, per usual. And then they're starting to make a mini run. I think they cut it to eight. Draymond has the ball and he forces this awful turnover. Well, right when that happened, you know, eight minutes removed from me telling everybody in the room that I'm going to take it cool. I throw my fucking phone into the wall out of control and dent the drywall. And I don't, I don't know if you boys are in need of a way to make everyone else in the room feel like really afraid and stop talking. But if you do, take your phone and throw it into a wall because it immediately got silent and weird. That included my daughter, by the way, who after sitting there for long enough to realize that no one else was going to speak, came up to me and said, Daddy, do you think a drumstick will make you feel better talking about uh, the ice cream we have in our fridge? Dude? <laughs> so I don't know what happened 26 years ago. Maybe it was the Smurfs, but I can tell you right now that I did not throw a phone anywhere. So last night killed me. Thomas, you... Uh, I, you and I just met. I've just seen you face to face for the first time, but you strike me as a guy who doesn't take shit like super hard, man. How did, did watching it last night, did you lose your mind or are you kind of a, kind of a calm sports watcher? 
I am not a calm sports watcher. I tend to need to be isolated or I'm, I need to be with best friends who know that I'm just going to start yelling and screaming at any moment. <laughs> My wife usually says, okay, go lock him in that room over there so he doesn't scare the dog. So yeah, last night, the only benefit of the ass whooping last night was that I just moved. So I was able to unpack a million more boxes than I would have normally because uh, I didn't need to pay attention because that was a garbage game. How about you, Noah? Did you lose your shit? Um, I actually was more just disappointed at uh, what I saw. Uh, for a team that is has what they claim to have is the championship DNA, and they do have it, but to come out that way, that flat, was pretty disappointing to me. It just – all the mistakes. Like, I always say that this team can be just the – this is the smartest dumb team out there. They make way too many mistakes that are like high risk, low reward – just to make the, just to prove a point that hey, this beautiful game and all that nonsense. When you have Steven Adams out there, you've played against him before. Pick and roll against him with Curry. They did it three times in the first half. They got a three, got a three, got another um, two. But it's it's just it's just disappointing considering like I think it was the first quarter they had double digit turnovers. That's just unacceptable. That's not a team that's going to win a championship. No, that's not what you're looking for. You're not hoping for 14 turnovers in like the first four minutes. I'll give you a a glass half full, but it's a personal one. I've got a good friend of mine who is on the other side of divorce, is doing really well, and is just now starting up a new relationship. And we don't really know the significant other that well yet. We've met her for the first time just a weekend ago. And I watch a lot of games with this guy. So yesterday before the game, I shot him a text. Hey, what are you doing? And he let me know I'm free, but I'm watching it with this significant other. So there was a moment in time where I almost invited he and her over. So glass half full, thank God they didn't. You know, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that she would have been forever poisoned by me throwing my phone against a wall for no reason. And then sitting there silently until my seven-year-old offered me ice cream, dude. Things, things did not go well, but boys, I tell you what, I got to uh, switch us over to our golden questions. And we have a few, one of which we've kind of already addressed. So Thomas, Noah, I'm sure you already know this. Golden Questions is our mailbag. Sometimes get personals, always deals with the Warriors. And here's our first, and it's the one, Noah, you kind of already started talking about. Quote, does this game change the way you look at this team? So I'll go first again here. And uh, really, the main reason I was excited about this question was to drop a stat that Maxime has already stolen from me via that Reddit guy, dude. So... You look around online and there are people who have completely changed their opinions. What they're saying is no championship team could ever lose by 39 in the playoffs. So do not view this as a championship contender. Well, bullshit. You don't have to look very far. Last year, Milwaukee, last year's champion, also lost by 39 to Brooklyn. So what happens, you know, is, is part of the show. It doesn't change my view that these guys are championship contenders. But does it change you know, some of the ways I look at them? Man, I got to be honest, yes. So secretly, boys, I've been thinking of the Warriors not as championship contenders, but as championship favorites. I didn't want to say it out loud. I don't think any of us did. But even after that last game four win, I was treating it as a sign of great things to come. You know, that look, that great teams win bad games. And then on championship runs, you've got to have a little bit of magic where you should have lost, but you came out with it. In fact, 
I was walking around with that game four win and what I thought it meant, like the fucking hope diamond. I mean, anyway, like I, I told my my mom that analogy. I gave her some stupid story about how when the Giants went on a title run, I remembered that, you know, there was a similar thing. They should have lost, but they pulled it out. Last night was like watching the Warriors use shovels to put dog shit on that hope diamond. You know, the I, I can no longer consider them the favorites. I, I think they have a shot, but like every other team out there, they have flaws, you know, and we saw those flaws on display. So that's how it changed it for me. MT is, you know, I know I've already used this, but even the best teams have bad games, you know, is, was this just something that happened and we just move on? Or is there lasting implications for how you view this team now? Um, it didn't change the way I viewed them. It just solidified it in a way. I, I wasn't in the camp of us being downright championship favorites um, going into the off or to the playoffs. So um it didn't like change that because there are a lot of good teams. I think this is one of the more wide open um, seasons I can remember where there's at least four or five teams who legitimately can say, go on a run and win the championship. Um, but what it did reveal for me was how much we may take Steve Kerr for granted. Um, I think it's, it's unfair to put all of this on Mike Brown. Um, but, you know, it happened on his watch where we had two, pretty bad games. We squeaked out the first one and then we just, you know, lost by a playoff record or tying the record for worst loss ever um, in the playoffs. And that both happened under Mike Brown's watch. I don't know if this is a upcoming question, so I don't want to steal the thunder, but, you know, I joked with you and texted you, like, I wonder if Sacramento's checking their pockets for that Mike Brown receipt. Like it's one of those moments where not only was it concerning that, he didn't know what to do. It looked like he didn't even care. Like he was just sitting there with his hands in his pocket. He didn't do any big lineup changes. He didn't do any timeouts to stem the momentum. It was just a huge, big run that just went on. And I was just kind of like, it made me lose faith in, in him as a coach. And I was like, man, we rely on him for defense. And our worst thing in this whole thing is our defense right now. So um, a while it, back, yeah. I was in a fantasy league with a real good friend. Um, and he invited me to be a member of his wedding party. I loved him. And we were in this great place in our relationship. And then I went to the board in that fantasy league and talked a bunch of shit about him. It was about his team, but it was probably over the top. Yeah. And I say that because right after I did that, right, when I was suddenly worried about a relationship, I called that friend three or four times the next day, not even talking about like what I put up on the board, just kind of checking in like, oh, we, we're so good, right? Like we're so hella close. I'm still a member of your wedding party. Last night, a portion of me thought that Mike Brand was probably calling fucking Sacramento cakes, you know, like just the same way checking in like, oh, we're still good, right? Like, when do you want me to show up during the off season? So um, I, I, of course, think that there's some blame to go at Mike Brown, and we're going to cover that in a second. But the bottom line for UMT is that it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily shift how you viewed them. This is just another game. It's, it's a terrible game, but yes, another game. I, I'm, I'd like to forget it and think that tomorrow game six, that we show up and um, we hit our shots and we take care of business, but um, yeah, it's it's another game with an asterisk. 
the next question is Mike Brown. We might as well jump there and then I'll throw it to you, Maxine. So this one asks, do you blame Mike Brown for this disaster? So look, it's not his fault entirely. You know, of course not. If, if you take him out and substitute in Steve Kerr, there's no guarantee that they walk away with a win, but Brown will always be associated with it. There's no question there. And I'll tell you, um, John Wooden, remember the UCLA coach? John Wooden used to say that all of the preparation, everything that you're going to do to win a game happens in practice, happens before that that ball is tipped. But there was one exception. Um, Wooden never talked shit during a game. You know, he, he practiced what he preached. He thought all the preparation was in. So once a game started, you never saw him get off the bench, nothing, nothing, nothing. But at one point, I think it was a championship game, UCLA was playing terribly, terribly, terribly. And for the first time ever, Wooden stood up and started screaming at the fucking referees. And the refs got all thrown off. They didn't know what the hell to do. And they had to call a timeout to figure it out and wouldn't use that timeout to recorrect his team. Bring it back to Mike Brown. I don't, I don't blame him for the Warriors turnovers. I don't blame him for the lack of urgency necessarily. I don't even blame him for the lineup. Sounds like that came from Kerr. But I blame him for standing there with his fucking hands in his pockets. I don't know what he had to do. I don't know if he had to rip off his pants, storm the court, call a timeout, break a fucking clipboard, do anything, do something, get three technicals, do something to shift that game up. Because what we knew was the status quo was not working. And to just stand there and watch that status quo unfold was unacceptable, was absolutely unacceptable. So, you know, if we're going to walk away with another glass half full, there's a reason why Steve Kerr is top 15. Um, perhaps it's not his actual tactician skills. Maybe it's his ability to read the team and, and what they need emotionally to make sure that they always show up. But, you know, some of this falls on Brown. Um, Maxime, do you agree? I do agree, and I, I don't need to rehash everything that you just said I because I, I completely agree with all of it, and that was going to be my take. In general, I feel like what the Warriors are, are fantastic at is going on runs and getting back up when they get punched in the mouth and going on another run. And we've seen so many successful third-quarter sprints where they were down 15 at the half and they come back and just absolutely wreck in the second half. And you have to think that's because there's a conversation that's happening in the locker room. And who's facilitating that conversation? Sure, it's Draymond, it's some of the other leaders on the team, but it's also definitely the head coach. And so without him there, I mean, we saw basically an inability to come back from another punch in the mouth. Thomas, you got three options, all right? Option one, you watch Tyus Jones go unfettered into the lane, shooting just floater after floater that goes in. Option two, watching slow-mo do his in particular brand of offense where it takes 30 to 45 seconds to get up a jump shot that goes through the net. Option three, I come to your house and punch you right in the face. What do you think, man? I'll take option three. Yeah. Okay, great call, man. And that is absolutely right. Noah, for you, what's harder for you to watch? Blowout loss or close loss? Honestly, a close loss. Just because you know it's there. A blowout loss, it was never there. It just never was. Then after the second quarter, no matter what, you knew that this was this game was over. So before my daughter came over and offered me a drumstick to make up for the dent in my wall, I would have agreed with you, man. I've said that like a thousand times into this microphone, that like close losses suck you in emotionally. And, you know, blowoffs, you kind of get to tune out. But it turns out I was wrong about that, dude, because I have experienced an ass ton of losses in my life. Some close, some blowouts, I've seen them. I have never impacted the structural integrity of my house. That's just that's just never happened. That hasn't been a thing that was on the table. 
So I mean, I don't know for like, this isn't a universal thing, you know, talk about subjective, but for me, the, I have never experienced anything like I experienced last night. It was almost as if their game plan when they said, whoop that trick was, all right, what's everything we can do wrong, busted out a checklist and then just did all of them, you know, just as quickly as they possibly could all the way down. Uh, hey, what do you think, MT? What's close or blowout? What's harder? I, I'm like you. I used I would have said close was harder until yesterday. Like I turned it off in the third quarter and then I felt guilty and I was like, man, a real Warriors fan would just suffer through it with the team. And then I turned it back on. But there's that three minutes where it was off where I was just like, it's not it's not even that it's not fun to watch it. It's just painful. Like I don't it, it brings zero joy and 100 percent pain to continue watching them do this. Like the the turnovers were just infuriating. And it was just like, well, if you're not going to care about playing, I'm not going to care about watching. But um, so yeah, so I think blowout loss now is takes the cake, which is surprising for me. Somewhere in the second half, the cable in my house started screwing up. Um, and so my TNT feed was working, but it'd be like, Eight seconds would be fine. Two seconds, it would it would kind of crackle. And so you could see, but the commentary was really hard to listen to. So I, I had a similar experience, wanted to turn it off. I was like, no, I'm going to sit through this. I'm going to watch it. But then I had to turn the volume all the way off because it, like, it would drive you crazy. So if there's footage, it's literally at the end of this, my, my daughter leaves because she's afraid of me. The friend we had over had to go, quote unquote, who knows why. You know? And so it's just me and Erica sitting in a completely silent room watching them get mollywopped by 45 dude uh i mean not the biggest fun and right when i thought i couldn't be more upset they start playing whoop that trick and i get to watch the grizzlies dance team their dance team give my favorite player in the world shit to his face which is just an unacceptable thing can we have i mean adam silver is there's got to be a rule that doesn't allow dance teams to have fucking microphones one or two to be talking to uh Mega superstars, but let's use this as a transition because here's our next question. So I'm sure you boys know what I'm talking about. Um, and let's set the scene for those who might not. Before the game, the Warriors were uber fucking confident. Um, highlighted by uh, Kendra Andrews asking Steph, it seemed like it was just kind of a passing comment, but asking Steph, what's your game plan? And he turned around and said, our game plan is to whoop that trick, which is the... Uh, the theme for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then obviously they go in, get their ass kicked and Memphis plays whoop that trick and right in uh, Steph's face. Well, Steph smiles, you know, and, and looks appropriately annoyed. Draymond goes the other direction. Draymond's all the way in, you know, kind of similar to when he got thrown out. He embraces that Memphis has given him shit and he's waving that towel and he's all the way in. And he's nodding his head, which leads to the question. Do you like that Draymond swung his towel as the crowd sang along to whoop that trick? Um, Marcus, why don't you take us first? I love it. I think at the end of the day, this is entertainment and it's a game. And what that showed to me was that Draymond has been here before. Um, it, you couple that with Ja screaming into the mic, Grizz and Seven. <sighs> and it just highlights to me that, um, you know, like – Draymond has been in the end zone before, you know, when you say like, act like you've been there, act like you've done that. Draymond knew that. And he was like, yeah, you guys got us on this game. Cool. You know, there's two more left and um, they've been in long series. They battled it out. I think they've played and beaten teams that are far superior than this Memphis team. 
Um, and he realized that and was just having fun. So I liked that. It didn't bother me as much. I need to go to the future. I need a time machine to be able to answer this question for you. If they win this series, does it bother me? No, not at all. I love it. He showed them in remarkably dramatic fashion that they can't bother him. And then he went out and he proved it, right? If I go fast forward to, to the end of the series and they've lost it, then hell yeah, it bothers me. It's another example of how this team didn't take the lessons they were being handed seriously enough in the middle of a 40 point ass drumming. What he wanted to do is show everybody that this is nothing who cares. And if they lose, well, then that's demonstrably wrong. There's no question it, it you know, he, he probably should have taken it seriously. So I need a little bit more information here. I'm, I'm kind of hedging Maxime. Where are you at? Yeah. It's like, um, you remember, uh, uh, stone cold, Steve Austin, right. The famous, like, Oh yeah, it was me all along. Right. And then like yeah. everybody in the audience is like, boo. Right. And that works because it was big man all along. Right. And he's like, actually the heel and they're all really angry. And I feel like, right. If he said that and then lost the series, you know, if Draymond says that and then loses the series, nobody's going to be booing. Right. They're going to be like, okay, cool. You know, like way to way to say it was you all along, but it wasn't yeah. because you didn't make it. And so I, I completely agree. I think without, you know, without the benefit of hindsight, it kind of, it's definitely not something I would have done. Um, and let's just say like, it's, way more impactful than Steph saying, whoop that trick. Um, we really need to win this series now. Did you guys like that he said that? That he said, whoop that trick. I mean, At the you know, time. So now it's, it's got a different view on it now. You know, it sucks. Um, but when it first came out, I'll admit to you that I liked it. You know, I mean, like it, it added, it added a WWE like flair to this. And had they won, it would have been the exact kind of exclamation point showing them that they've got that championship pedigree confidence back. Um, so I did like it, but you know, <laughs> retrospectively, it's not the best look as of right now, man. They better pull this fucking series out. I don't know. I mean, these, what I, I loved in the bubble when um, Portland was playing the Lakers and uh, Damian Lillard hit a three and they started playing blow the whistle and he's in the middle of the game dancing, you know, like sitting next to LeBron. And I thought that was great. Not just because I'm from Oakland, but I just thought, you know, like it, it humanized him, you know, like it wasn't just, here's a job. Like it, it made it fun. And I, I, I attribute that to the same thing. Like this is, you know, like they've talked about their appreciation for the music in that, in that area of the country. And they're just having fun. Like if, if we lose this series up 3-1 to this Memphis team without John Morant, then there were much bigger problems than Draymond dancing with the towel during that moment. Oh, no, there's no question. But just to fight back a little bit, if Steph had hit a three and then screamed to no one in particular whoop that trick, would have been exactly like the Damian Lillard example you just gave us. But the Damian Lillard example here would be if they asked Lillard before anything happened before he had any success, what's your approach? And he said, Oh, it's to blow the whistle and then did a little dance. You know, it's, it's, it's him calling out the victory before they've taken the floor, which is, you know, it's personality driven, whether or not you'd like it, but you know, it's, it's a little bit more obnoxious than celebrating after you've hit a shot. Fair. <clears throat> oh man. I, I thought I was going to a little bit more push. I was ready to fight for you on this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just fair. Here's our last question. And we'll go Try around. To save your, your remaining three walls in your house right now. Don't you worry about that. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> way too soon to joke about that. I'd preferred when we were talking about my Smurf watching history, but I'm not going to let you take my final question away from so here's some good news, boys. Um, and in fact, let me give you another glass half full. If the thing that we keep saying is that the Warriors have shown up with no urgency, 
is the, the, the most concerning stat that we may have thrown into this mic earlier. I don't remember if we did it on or off air is that they keep getting off to these remarkably slow starts. Well, if any upside, if anything's going to wake them up, anything ever, it's going to be losing or being down by 55 and having the Grizzly dance team scream in their face. You know, so if this team has that championship pedigree and it had to be woken up, well, then thank you, dance leader. You've just woken, you know, you've done that for us. And I'll tell you again, I'm not the only one thinking this. In fact, one of the, uh, the soothsayers in our society is Vegas. You know, they, they have people who look down at these things who who have to give a point spread. And you know, generally speaking, they know what the fuck they're talking about. The point spread for Friday is Golden State is favored by eight and a half. That means Vegas is pretty certain that they you know that, that uh, the Warriors are going to win and that they might win going away. Yeah. So here's our final question. If you had to bet something significant to you going into Friday and the line is eight and a half. So that means if you bet on the Warriors, they'd have to win by eight and a half. Which way would you bet? Um, MT, why don't you start us off? Um, Give me a who do you think will win and then whether or not you think they'll cover. Yeah, I think the Warriors win, um, sticking with Warriors in six. And I do think they'll beat the spread. Um, Shaq said after the game that he guarantees the Warriors will win by 30. I don't think we win by 30, but I do think um, it's double digits. I think we shoot a lot better. Um, and it's just, it's all just comes down to turnovers. I mean, even if we start slow, if we have less than 10 turnovers, I think we win by double digits. Noah, do you think, who do you think wins and by how many? Um, I'm going to say the Warriors and they are going to win by double digits. Um, and I'll, I only have three words for that. Game six, Clay. Let's go. Thomas, is your wife going to have to lock you into a room by yourself, man? Oh, my God. I'm going to lock myself in there. It's not even a question. I, I think get, get I think padded walls. Be, <laughs> I think it's going to be close. Uh, I think Warriors are going to win, but I think it's going to be close. And uh, I think it's going to be more of a grind like that previous uh, one that we we scraped it out at the, at the end. I don't think it'd be quite that bad where we're all having heart attacks, but I don't know. This, this team's defense makes us look really ugly, so – I don't expect it to be a blowout. Maxime? Yeah, I actually, I um, I think uh, Warriors, and I do think it's going to be at least a double-digit thing, and that, uh, in part because Steven Adams has only played two games this series, um, you know, and we now have an opportunity to really game plan against him. And on top of it, John, look, John Moran is their best player, and I get it. They've had a nice record with him not in the game, but, like, not as nice as, as we are. Um, and I think with a little bit more time to really sit down and think about how to actually game plan it out, this is an easier team. We should beat them handily. Um, it was hard to watch that last game, but I have no reason to think that we won't close it out. I think they win. I think they win going away. If I had to bet a mortgage payment, I think they cover the eight and a half. Um, and so I'll start with the thing I'm positive about and then go to the thing I'm not so positive about. I am positive that Memphis does not know how to take a punch in the mouth during the playoffs. They have not done it yet. There has not been some, some giant quarter where the Warriors went on a huge run where Memphis got their shit together, showed some composure, and then was able to answer. They have not done that. That comes with experience they do not have. You know, the other thing we haven't seen is the Warriors actually starting off quickly. And I believe in them, boys. I don't know how to give up on this team. I believe in them. So I think they finally 
have the start um, that I'd love. I think that Marcus is an asshole for his Smurf background. <laughs> um, and it just reminded me of my TV watching habits a little bit more than two and a half decades ago. Uh, but I, I also think that we get the quick start we desperately wanted. Um, and Memphis does not know how to react. And we don't have to watch this one with lemon booty. I think this one's going to be uh, a little bit easier as we go. Uh, boys, Really appreciate you, um, especially you, Noah, and Thomas. Your Patreon support is what allows us to do this fucking show. So thank you. If those of you out there want to get us questions, want to let us know we did a good job, bad job, email is the best way. Shoot that email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. And our social media presence remains only on Twitter. Hit us up on our at Warriors Huddle. And with that in mind, go Warriors. Fuck the Memphis dance team. And hopefully... We'll see you real soon. Good, good. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.